0: To the In Contention Podcast. My name is Ruben Bressler and I am joined by Matt Cranstuber. How's it going? And Joey Pasco.
1: Hey guys. What's up, fellas? Not too much. Just live the dream.
0: Living the dream, you say. <clears throat> well, you'll get to be living the dream when we get to play modern. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah,
2: we spoiler, get to play modern spoiler. That's Screen right. Hall's spoiler stable? for the episode.
0: Uh I mean, sort of. If you pay ten for it.
1: Oh, I guess it is, isn't it? Do, yeah. Is that possible? Well, no. oh, we'll, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into
0: that. But first, I want to let everybody out there know that In Contention is the official podcast of the com Open Series. And this weekend, the Open Series rolls into fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, with $10,000 prize pools in both the Standard and Legacy Opens. If you can't be there, be sure to tune into scglive.com, at scglive on Twitter, and catch Patrick Sullivan and Cedric Phillips bringing you the action, which is a sick team. I like that one a lot. Yeah. The Twitter hashtag for this weekend is hashtag SCGVegas, so you can use that to join in on the discussion. If you can't make it out, be sure to check out an invitational qualifier tournament near you. Go to StarCityGames.com Open Series page for a complete listing at StarCityGames.com slash open underscore series. And I had a a decent uh, conversation with Jason Reedy, who's the uh, Invitational Qualifier Coordinator when I was uh, interviewing him in the sideboard this weekend. There's a whole bunch of exciting stuff that they're adding to the Invitational Qualifier uh, program. um there there's a beautiful new playmat if you guys haven't seen this thing i did it it, it's 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 absolutely gorgeous and it's by julie Dillon, who's a like a rising star in the artist community i'm going to be shocked if she doesn't get snapped up by wizards pretty soon Mm -hmm. but in the meantime star city has her and there's going to be a new playmat every season for the Invitational Qualifiers. Every three months, new playmat from Julie Dillon. That's awesome. Um, I I think that it's going to follow this same character. So the the picture that's on the playmat is this giant golem dude chasing down a a guy who's got like a scroll, okay, through the streets of Ravnica. And everybody wants this scroll. And so he's getting chased by a golem in this first one, and theoretically the next one is going to be like him on rooftops being chased by birds or something. And it's just going to follow because everybody wants this scroll for some reason. I don't I don't know what the storyline there is, but anyway, that's the that's the rumor, and it's beautiful stuff. And you can uh, it's a lot easier to coordinate and make invitational qualifiers at your store if you're an event coordinator or a store owner. Um, it's a lot uh, there's a lot more stuff that you can put in your uh, in your prize pool. Um, so like for an extra twenty five bucks, you get like an extra four playmats or something ridiculous like that. I forget exactly what the what the thing is. Don't quote me on that. But go to the invitational qualifier page. Yeah, to they're, find they're out pretty more
1: awesome. We've, yeah, we've got I, a couple in town here, and uh, the, the pack that they send um, along with, it's like the tournament organizer pack, comes with, like, table tents and a lot of stuff that you just don't think about when you're going to run a, yeah. a big event. and The, uh, the new pack is going
0: to have the art from the playmat on the table tents. Nice. Just remember that. Nice. So there's a lot of good stuff. Go check out that page. And uh, with that, Cranny, how about you tell me a little bit about the hashtags for today?
1: So – I, while you we were saying fabulous Las Vegas, just as a little side, I, I just—do you think anybody has like a tie into Robin Leach in some way that we could get him to do the intro one of, the, one of these days? Like, welcomes in contention this week. The Star City <laughs> Games Open Series comes to fabulous Las Vegas. I, I just—that would just be awesome. Anyway, uh, so we got a lot of, lot of good stuff to talk about this week. So we'll go through some hashtags. So we got Star City St. Louis. Obviously just happened this past weekend, so we'll discuss that a little bit. And and, uh, sub-hashtag there. M13 Impacts, maybe talk about some of the M13 cards we saw flying around this weekend. Then we're going to talk about GP Columbus, which, uh, of course, we've been gearing up for, which is coming in just a few days here to Columbus, Ohio. And we're going to go through something a little different here that they usually do for the Pro Tour, and we're going to do our fantasy draft for the GP. So we're going to talk about predictions for creatures, enchantments, uh, players that we think are going to do well, etc. Then we're going to talk a little bit about um, the ever-discussed... San Diego Comic-Con that happened this past weekend. Uh, tons of stuff went there uh, from all walks of, uh, of pop culture and nerdery. Um, and uh, there's some very big things that went down uh, from a magic perspective there that I think are really exciting. So uh, that includes uh, some discussion on Ravnica slash Gatecrash Limited formats and the new From the Vault Realms box set that's coming out. And then just to wrap it up, uh, the MPGO Cube or I should say the cube came back to MTGO this week and we're going to talk a little bit about maybe a couple to de- uh, decks we drafted and then also the uh, very exciting news from Wizards the new MTGO interface came out so we'll hopefully be able to talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, lots of stuff to talk about this week. Yeah. Yep. So I like how you uh, you know we, we can kind of get right into it. I think I like how you actually said the M thirteen cards that may have been flying around in uh, in, <laughs> in Seattle. Ah, fly- very clever, St. Louis. Yeah, I mean I'm sorry, that's meant St. Louis. That was such a good segue too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what card would would that be?
2: Well, I, he doesn't fly himself, but he does put some flyers into play, and that uh, right he summons the sky. He, exactly, the sky summoner himself, uh, Tallrand, not Tarland, as Ruben Breslin likes to say. You know,
0: sometimes I don't have the spoiler up in front of me, and I mispronounce things. I have yeah. no excuse.
2: I apologize. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a real easy mistake to make, I think. It's not like that's a normal name that you see, you know, and you he, mispronounce he it. It's brought dishonor
0: upon his family. He know what he must do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that was the, the biggest surprise to me is that um, – I- that Tolren saw so much play. There were three copies in Adam's, Adam Prozac's deck, who made top eight with mono blue wizards. Quote, unquote, uh, yeah, they keep talking the mono blue wizards. That's blue white Delver. Now, right?
1: I agree with you. I, I disagree. <laughs> I I think this deck's this deck's pretty fresh. I mean, it has I, Delver secrets and Snapcaster and Vapor Snag and Thought. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe it is a Delver deck. <laughs> it's a Delver still, variant, right? Um, it's no, it, it has 10 Part Correction spells. Yeah. Well, or for, okay, yeah. so the, the extra difference extra. between this and the other Delver decks, you see either the mono blue or the blue-white Delver with uh, Restoration Angel in it, is actually kind of big. There's three Augur Bolus, which is kind of an interesting um, bit of tech there. Uh, he, he picks up equipment pretty well, and he's a good way to, to generate value in the early game without having to to uh, tap out for Mana Leak, which he runs only two of in the main deck. Um, he opts for two Mana Leak, two Mental Misstep. And, of course, we have the Sky Summoner, which does pretty good work when you have ten Phyrexian Mana Spells in your main deck. Um, unfortunately, he is legendary, so you cannot uh, you know be playing your Phantasmal Images or, or stack him to create, like, you know, a million guys every time you Jitaxian probe. But uh, it seemed to do very well for him uh, this past weekend.
2: Yeah, I saw some sick plays. And I don't know, Ruben, you may have been doing the commentary on this match that I'm thinking of. But, uh, you know, there was a a point where Adam was playing against... I want to say it was like a, a pod deck. It was something that had Crater Hoof Behemoth, because that's the... Right, yeah, <laughs> okay. that was the best.
1: Oh, God. God,
2: That game was so good. So, yeah, I was...
0: I, I Was um, was I doing commentary on that one? What no,
1: other, I, what was you are you I was not. I
0: was sitting next to the match when it happened, I think. I may have been doing commentary. It all runs together for me. Um... But, yeah, so uh, his opponent was playing frights with Craterhoof Behemoth. That's what and he, like, does... He, his opponent's thinking and is, like, trying to do the math, and he unearths the Craterhoof Behemoth and attacks Adam down to one. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then Adam... So Adam blocks with his Tarland, and he's like, oh, man, tall this rant. is unfortunate. Tallrand, Did I say that?
2: <laughs> you said it wrong the first Did time. I really? <laughs> yep. What is it? It's <laughs> Talrand? Should I call you out on it every time? Okay, so he blocks with <laughs> the Sky Summoner, there you go. and... uh.
0: It dies, and then on his next turn, he calmly untaps and plays Phantasmal Image and bashes the other guy's brains in.
2: Yeah, with all the drakes and, you know. So that was awesome. Getting the boost from Craterhoof Behemoth.
1: Yep. So that was great to watch. I just got to say, I'm going to miss Phantasmal Image. Mm -hmm. I, I, as much as, like, he was really frustrating to, uh, you know, to play against, like, he kept a lot of cards in check, I think. Like, especially Geist of St. Traft. And I just don't know what the format's going to look like without him, because he's just, like, such a good utility player. We're also losing um, the Phyrexian Metamorph. In the fall, so, yeah. yeah. At the same, so that, same time, yeah. Yeah, at the same time. And, and I think, uh, obviously, Return to Ravnica is, is sort of everybody's uh, waiting with beta breath for it to fix all formats. Um, and, of course, it will have a, a huge impact on this, the standard, um, you know, the, the standard metagame. But... I uh, I'm gonna miss it. I, I really like that card. Yeah. I
0: think that that card was just too pushed. I think two mana clones is too much. I think yeah yeah a three mana clone I'm okay with. I think that that would have been fine. Um, and that then they it would, basically was fine because they had Phyrexian Metamorph. So if you in the fall you print two colorless and a blue clone with some sort of restriction on it. Mm. Like, it comes in a, as a copy of Target Creature, except for that it gets minus one, minus one, or something weird like that. Um, I'd be okay with that.
2: See, I think... I, think like, two-mana
0: clone is just just ridiculous.
2: I think it's perfect. I think it's actually at the perfect power level, because not only... You know, for, for one thing, clones don't really see a lot of play before, uh, you know, at least not before... Before yeah, they were two mana. Yeah, exactly. So it's finally a playable clone, and it's pushed so that it is playable, but it has uh, it, it also keeps other things in this format. Right now, you know, with all these legends, you have uh, Thrun, and obviously Geist of St. Traft is huge, um, and now Tolerand, uh Now that I just say his name wrong? No, Tolerand. <laughs> oh, you got it. Okay. Uh, I actually don't know how it works, so. <laughs> but But I think the fact that it keeps a lot of other cards in check and at the same time, has plenty of ways to, to be killed. Like, you can uncounterably kill it with, you know, any removal spell, a gut shot or whatever. You can kill it with a uh, Kessig run. So I just feel like there's plenty of, um, of downside to it in that it just needs to be targeted. And I think, I don't know, I think it's a perfectly designed clone and I wish, uh, I, I hope we see it again.
1: I, I think... Uh... Meh. It's it's very I think it's very um, balanced if you don't have a mechanic like persist in the format uh, or sorry not persist um, Undone, undying right. it, I think that it that kind of like pushes it over the edge um, where decks that like normally wouldn't be able to to press their advantage like okay I'll, let me let me backtrack a little bit I think sometimes wizards test the water I think they put their toe in the water and they say what if we put lightning bolt back in the base set right and then and then they try it out, and it's like fine, but then you see shock in the next set, and that's like a good indicator like, well, lightning bolts probably you know it's it's not the gold standard for burn, like it's probably you know the platinum standard, and you're you're gonna start seeing like more you know two mana three damage burn spells like we've seen in m thirteen and I think this one is just like the same way it's like, well, what if we try like a good two mana clone, not Renegade Doppelganger, which we will actually talk about that showed up in a deck in a modern daily? Um, but you know, Renegade Doppelganger wasn't that good. Like, it's just not, you can't abuse the comes into play abilities, which I think is really important. And so now we see an M13 clone back in. So they're like, hey, return to reality. You had Metamorph, you had Phantasmal Image. Now it's time to play the fair clones. And if you, you know, if you have some up- way to. Some different things. Yeah, do something else, and and I'm fine with that. Like Phantasmal Image, great card. Hope to see it back someday, but you know, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll get over it. But uh, I, I'd like to switch gears just a little bit because we have so much to talk about. Um, I want to talk about this Legacy top eight here. Um, the Sunday Legacy portion was pretty amazing. There were actually eight um, individual uh, different archetypes in the top eight. Nice. Um, I, I, we have Esper Stoneblade, Belcher, Merfolk, Bug, Dead Guy Ale, which is like white black, elves, yep. Storm, and then blue-white Stoneblade, which is different enough from Esper Stoneblade that I would probably call that a different archetype, but, uh, very, very cool. A couple decks that we haven't seen in a while, um, very excited to see show up in this top eight, including Storm, um, with Burning Wish, so it's like, uh, uh, so that's sort of my preferred build. Yeah, that's Tess, Tess as
0: opposed to, uh, Ant.
1: Right, right, um, and uh, and Degail, the the uh, Picula popularized white-black aggro deck, yeah, uh, that just runs a, a <laughs> whole lot of uh, value guys like Confidant, Mystic, and uh, and Thalia. It's just it, a very uh, very grindy sort of creature deck, but uh, yeah, I mean that that top eight is just awesome. So any any comments there?
2: I just wanted wanted to point out how Caleb won the standard event and then almost ran it back.
1: <laughs> yeah. the, uh,
2: in the top eight. Now, from what I uh, from what I heard, he said he can't beat a Dark Blast. His opponent like Turn One Dark yeah. Blast. And His opponent played Turn
0: bad. One Dark Blast, and he
2: immediately scooped game one. I think is what the story was. I, yeah, it's just I I <laughs> guess if you know what you lose to, why waste time? Yeah. But uh, pretty crazy. But I I love that he's playing elves. Um, I know this isn't the first time, but uh, I, I just. I love, love that Elves is kind of showing up a little bit more recently.
1: Um, I love that deck. And then the just, budget Merfolk. Yeah, yeah, like all the tribal decks. Yeah. Uh, there's there's like at least a half a dozen, maybe more tribal decks in this top 32. Yeah, Goblins uh, in 16th. Yeah, the, there, were the several, goblins, Merfolk, there were several zombies.
0: Goblins decks near the top of the tables. There was a zombie deck. There were Merfolk decks, obviously, and obviously Elves. So, yeah, tribal coming out in force. A lot of people were given the... Um, the budget merfolk guy, a little bit of flack because it was just like, oh man, you couldn't afford these 12 cards, so you just played this other deck. But listen, the way he was playing the deck was a different strategy than the way you p- normally play merfolk. Like, he, you know, Force of Will's always, well, not always, but pretty much always been the worst uh, card in that deck. Mm-hmm. It was just a necessity that people didn't actually like. So, and he he didn't face down any combo decks, so he just, you know, didn't play force a will um, And he, he was playing like all, like two mana dudes so he could just keep his other uh, vials on two. Um, and when you're playing a deck that's vialing things into play you typically want to be using your mana for other things. So his muta weren't as important because he was leveling up his Coral Helm Commanders and you know, things like that. And he had uh, Mishra's Factories instead which outclassed the other tribal decks so i i mean I, I, he was getting a lot of flack but i think that there are arguments to be i now i'm not saying that i wouldn't play normal merfolk but uh you know there are arguments to be made for his style of deck and you know he made the top four it's tough to argue with the results yeah i, I mean it's
2: it, not, he didn't veer off considerably it was just you know like right yeah it's, it's not of, like he
0: was it's not like he was playing like title courier or anything <laughs> weird like that you know it was still regular old merfolk so yeah.
1: This list kind of gives me hope for the deck in uh, in modern because aside from seven cards in the main deck, this is fully portable over to modern. Um, now I prefer a build that has Melly Mage and Thalia, uh, like I, I like the white splash. But I mean, aside from Counterspell, Days and uh, Umizawa Jide, this is all this is all modern legal. So I. I don't know if the, if it's even applicable yet in modern if you take away counterspell and days obviously very good cards and replace them with you know mana leak or or disrupting shoal or whatever counter suite you have or spell piers I don't know if it's if it's any good um in in the current modern format but uh you know if the format maybe slows down becomes a little bit less oriented toward creature based combo decks then maybe the murfolk deck will get a little bit better yeah. um so uh, So let's
0: quickly – do you want to move on to Modern? I think we should move on to Modern. uh, Where we went there? Sure. Let's go on to Modern.
1: like it. So, uh, you know, as we said, GP Columbus coming up this weekend. And uh, something that the Ink Tension guys, we've all done here, we've created a fantasy roster. And uh, what we're going to do is go through each of our picks. And uh, after the the GP, when we do the review of the the top decks, um, you know, from the top eight next week, I'll go through and, and tabulate the results, and, uh, and we'll see who ended up winning. And uh, whoever loses has to, uh, I don't know, say that uh, they suck, and then we'll kick them off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All sure. right. So, Sounds uh, like a plan. With that on the line, <laughs> let's start with small creatures. So as we go through and um, discuss what our picks are, we'll talk about maybe some of the decks they show up in. And uh, maybe where we expect them to, to fall in the top eight. So, uh, obviously, a creature that we've seen make splashes in every constructed format um, since it's been printed is Delver of Secrets. And uh, it's no surprise that that's the first pick as my small creature on my fantasy roster. Now, real the quick, first what
0: pick what in what the modern fantasy draft, <laughs> the Columbus Crannies select
2: Delver <laughs> of Secrets. Sorry. So, so what's the uh, criteria for small creature? Just to so one we, and one and two mana. Okay. Yep. Okay. Good. 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 Then I've got then I've got a couple guys. Then okay. You want me to you want me to go then? Yeah. Yeah. It's, my my small creature pick. Yeah. Um, I uh you know I, I like the Delver pick, but I think uh, I I went with kind of the poster boy, at least for a, the initial impression everybody had of Modern is how are we going to get our Tarmogoyfs. So I'm going to go with Tarmogoyf because I think right. he, he's, he's, he's playing uh, a lot of different decks. With the second pick, the Baltimore Pasco select
0: <laughs> Tarmogoyf. And I have no idea how this pick fell to me, but I'm going to go ahead and take Snapcaster Mage, I guess. Um... That guy is ridiculous, and he's in, like, three or four of these decks I've been looking at that are real good on, uh... If you haven't had a chance, go read Ari Lax's Modern in a Nutshell yeah. article on Star City Games. And the, he's deck cards in a lot of those decks, and Snapcaster Mage is my pick.
1: So, I, I have a to comment. Creature. Just because we said these three creatures, um, my wife does not play Magic. Yeah. And, uh... So when uh, like I'll have like Tuesday night cubing or occasionally I'll have people come over and and we'll you know just just test or or whatever and um so as we, as they come in before we we go down to the to the basement to play um we'll be talking, and obviously you know when magic players get together, they talk and and like make believe words come up all the time So yep. like chase and thought and like these kinds of things come up well the most popular ones uh, are the actual three ones that we just said sure uh tarmagoif snapcaster delver so whenever i i say like hey i'm gonna be podcasting or hey um i'm gonna you know riley or someone's gonna come over she'll be like oh yeah you guys gonna you guys gonna get some delvers you guys gonna get those <laughs> 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 and she'll just you know she knows them it's kind of funny i i uh when when Jace was big, she was just like, you got to shut up about Jace. Like, <laughs> you won't know, anybody, any of your friends ever talk about is it? Jace the Mind Sculptor? You guys just got to, you got to tone chill
2: point. out with that. <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend's always getting on me when, uh about when I have Jace as my wallpaper on my iPhone because
1: or I'll show her
2: something. It'll be like a picture because sometimes I have like a f- picture of her and she's like, oh, it's not Jace.
1: <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have Jace as your
2: wallpaper, <laughs> so
1: uh... nice. The planeswalkers are planeswalking into non-Magic players' yeah. lives. That's great. All right. Well, so, I'm... Sorry, well, Jeff. I was just gonna say. So these these three picks, obviously, Delver and Snapcaster and Tarmogoyf. There's probably some runoff there. I mean, there's some Bant decks, there's some Bug decks. Yeah. Um, most of the Delver decks, uh, you know, well, I should say about about half the Delver decks want to have access to Snapcaster. There's various builds. There's like red, white, and blue. Now to be fair, I almost picked Noble Hierarch for this pick. I, I had him as as my on deck, but I think I think green is is uh is gonna be rough beats for his turning. Mm. Um I think even Birds of Paradise might be a better pick than Hierarch this time wow. around. Fair enough. But uh Okay, so let's let's hop to the next category. This Medium one uh
0: creatures are three and four cast and cost creatures.
1: I think there's really only two good choices for this category even though there's like a bajillion creatures but my pick for this tournament um i have the i have my pick and then i have the one that i is the metagame call i think restoration angels definitely going to be yeah that was uh, my pick um but then i think the metagame call is everybody should be playing vanillian click yeah yes nice. I think that's really good right now. It stops a lot of nonsense in the combo decks. It it doesn't get blocked by anything except lingering souls tokens. It's uh it's it's pretty good. So that those that my my pick is Restoration angelo. Excellent. Okay.
2: Um my pick is uh you now now see like my I'm using mostly moto uh results and it seemed to me the creature that kept showing up in multiple different uh, archetypes was kitchen finks. So mm. I went with that. Oh, yeah, nice, good call. Good one. I'll go ahead and take uh, Deceiver Exarch for this
0: pick. I think that that's a card that, you know, for some reason the American metagame likes the blue-red combo decks more than the European or the Japanese. But uh, I think that, that at least one uh, Deceiver Exarch combo deck is going to make the top eight. How's that?
1: I think that's probably, probably fair. That was Which, my backup
2: uh... pick, actually, Deceiver Exarch. Nice. All right. Large Creatures.
1: I think that uh, it's no secret that today's villain is a little goblin. He's a 2-2. He costs five mana. His name's Kiki Jiki. Yep.
0: Also was my first pick.
2: Yeah. Very interesting pick. When you said he was a 2-2, I got confused first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not quite large, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, the most hated creature, I think, by the, uh, the Collective In Contention podcast <laughs> from before, <laughs> even before I, I listened, and go with
1: Embrickle. Does, does that
2: yep. qualify as a large? There you go. Uh, that does qualify
1: uh, as a large enough creature, indeed. I think he falls in the jumbo category. <laughs> Did we have a jumbo category? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Wizards should make one and just have him there. I want to
0: mention that my large creature was a creature that I played... All season in Lorwin Block constructed. It recently won a modern Pro Tour in Japan. His name is Cloud Goat Ranger. Oh, hilarious. man. Cloud Goat Ranger won a modern GP, everybody. How's that? That's hilarious. That's so I'll, 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 go ahead. That's, I'll take that. What, look, you guys took my first two. What do you want from me? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm like okay it, with that. Yeah. I'm trying to not repeat picks here. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, that, no, that's that, that, black,
1: white, that black white deck's reasonable. I, I actually have. So some thoughts on that deck when we get to sorcery
0: the other how about this one the other one i was thinking about doing was uh gristlebrand because i talked last week about how all the good uh, reanimation targets are in modern and gristlebrand is in modern and there's a decent modern reanimator deck uh with like gorio's vengeance um that puts gristlebrands and emrakuls into play so there you go reasonable of course, if that deck does well, then Joey wins just as much as I do, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to
1: push. <laughs> All right. So uh, the next one is uh, kind of a uh, – it's a – one deck has the Monopoly on this, um, and it's Artifact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's no secret that Affinity is actually just a, a very, very good deck in this format. Um, unlike Affinity and other formats, it can beat the combo decks, uh, because it has access to things like Thorn of Ameth- Amethyst and Canonist. Cannonist. Um, but my pick is going to be just the bread and butter of the deck, the one that I think is going to show up in all of them, and that's Cranial Plating. Cool.
2: Um, I I went uh, in a different direction uh, with another deck that is pretty, pretty popular right now, but hinges on a key artifact, and that is Birthing Pod. Yep. Birthing Pod was probably going to be my pick. Yeah.
0: Um, those are all good choices. Uh, I would like to remind everyone that the first place finisher in Turin was Antonino De Rosa, and he had Vidalkin Shackles in his deck. Hmm. So don't forget that Vidalkin Shackles is in modern folks, and that's also in like uh, sideboards for like the Blue White Red Delver. It's main decked in the Mono Blue Fairies deck. So uh, I'll go with I'll go with Vidalcan Shackles.
2: I like nice. Ruben's picks better than mine.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe to I'll, play I'll take with. birthing pod. That's fine. No, that's fine. No, you guys no. can both have the same picks, and then when you both lose, I'll kick you off the show. And it'll just be- yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that's every, everyone's gonna
0: listen to that. It'll just be nothing but Cranny being like, "All right, here's some video game songs." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, talk about uh, actually I would cutus, listen to that podcast, but mate bit stuff. So right. um, I, I want to say the honorable mention here. I think a very important artifact this weekend is going to be Relic of Progenitus, yeah. um, that sees main deck play in the um, Tron decks, and it also I've seen a couple guys locally here say that they really like it main deck in Affinity, mm. and uh, because it's very good against the Storm decks, it's good against the Pod decks when they're trying to you know ramp up persist if they're the Molera version. Um, I, I think it's just a, an all-around good utility card. So My honorable mention
0: for this category is Expedition Map for the Tron decks.
1: Yeah, good call. So the next uh, next category is kind of boring. It's sort of like when we were trying to name Enchantment for the last Fantasy Pro Tour. There's like two options. Uh, so it's Enchantment and my pick Splinter Twin. Don't have much else to say about it.
2: Yeah, I had Splinter Twin as well. Uh but, yeah, I, I, it's not a lot of enchantments. Yeah, your choices are Splinter Twin or Pyromancer's Ascension.
0: Yeah. However, <laughs> because those are going to be – I knew you two were going to pick those two. I am going with Seismic Assault because the first place finisher in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, Bronson Magnon, had played Agrilome. So there you go, Seismic Assault. And I love Agrilome. That deck's just insane.
2: So you, you have Splinter Twin right Cranny I'll take Pyromancer Ascension and Ruben Loses. I mean get yeah. py- uh, Seismic assault.
0: Yeah so yeah sure. no problem. Look, I always get the third pick for some
1: reason in this. I don't know how this worked out. Yeah. But, sorry uh, sorry Ruben. Next time we'll let you pick first, but uh, you know. Thanks dad. Well no, it's it's only fair cuz I I won the last fantasy pro tour so I get oh, the picks right. So. And then Joey gets to go what? Well <laughs> since he didn't play he didn't lose and you lost so he's second.
0: Fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you beat Sam though, so it's okay. Damn. So I get to go ahead. Right. Sam before Sam gets exactly. Sam gets to go last. Sure. Uh no wait, Sam gets to go never. So sure. the next category is like kind of kind of interesting because I don't know, like it, it's not on basic land and my pick is Drove of the Burn Willows. Uh yeah. The reason I really like this card um is that it gets played in the pod decks. Yep, and it gets played in the Ascension decks, and it gets played in the Tron decks. Yep. So it's just an all-around great dual land, and I expect to see many copies in the topic.
2: Very good. Um, <clears throat> I kind of went with what I thought was a pretty safe pick uh, with uh, Scalding Tarn. Oh,
0: man, I was going to go Misty Rainforest. I thought you guys <laughs> were going to forget about the Fetchlands.
2: <laughs> no, I, I was like, okay, I think I just want to go with Fetchlands because they're just generally good in pretty much any deck, and Blue-Red seems to be the, the hot combo. Uh, so I'm going with Scalding Tarn for that. I figured it was just okay. the safe, safest bet. Fair enough, fair enough. I thought I was going
0: to be able to sneak that one past you guys.
1: <laughs> I see. take uh, Misty, though. I still think that that's, they're both good picks. It'll be you know, interesting
0: to see. I'm, I'm going to take Urza's Power Plant. Okay, because <laughs> uh, I have to pick one, and that one's the funniest one to me. I okay. think that, I actually think a red green at least one red green tron deck is going to top eight this tournament. I think that that deck is way too good. People are not playing enough random hate on it. You know, people are not playing enough uh, uh, ghost quarters and you know uh, mana leaks and things that actually can deal with that deck. You know what I mean? Thorn of Amethyst, things like that. Yeah. So I that, agree. that's going to be my pick.
1: So then, our next category is instant, and uh, my pick here is uh, through the breach. I think through the breach is oh, wow is uh, is a really good card. I think that people are going to realize how just how easy it is to cast through the breach, uh, and I expect to see it in the top eight.
2: Wow, yeah, I went with another boring pick, um, <laughs> just uh, hedging my bets again, and I went with uh, with lightning bolt.
0: It's just right. a nice nice Oh, you guys nice left removal. You guys left me my two top picks. I don't even know what to do now. We were trying to <laughs> throw you a
2: bone. You
0: know? All right. Well, I'm not going to say Manalik anymore because I thought that that one was going to be my pick because one of you two idiots was going to take Court of Calling, which uh, is really nice. the most important <laughs> part of the Pod deck. It's yeah. a Court of Calling deck. It's not a Birth of po- Birthing Pod deck. So Court of Calling is my pick. I mean, Birthing Pod's just a monster. It's you know top eating all of the dailies. It's or it's ing all the dailies. It's top eating four spots out of the top eight in Japan. Uh, it's just it's a complete
1: monster. So that's my pick. Nice. Can, I, uh, can next... I change
2: mine to Mana Leak? I forgot it was an instant. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: actually... no, had a, a Mystic Denial was out of Portal and it's a counterspell that's a sorcery. How does that work? What? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Mystic Denial. It's just like counter creature spell. Yeah, spells it's like you, you have
0: to play it in response to things, but it's, a, it's still technically a sorcery. Yeah, because the <laughs>
2: rules didn't work that way in, in Portal. Yeah, It's a sorcery for blue-blue one, counter-target creature or sorcery spell but okay i'm looking at the oracle text which apparently the oracle text is that it's an instant oh um, man that's but, unfortunate yeah play mystic denial only in response to another player playing a creature or a sorcery that's <laughs> just so funny <laughs> okay nice so, it's a dollar so, 64 it's a bargain yeah. anyway go ahead i'm sorry
1: the uh, no that's okay I, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about obscure old cards so no worries nice. there uh our next category is sorcery And I'm going to go a little bit off course here. And this one, I'm hedging my bets against all of these uh, existing archetypes. I'm going to go with Lingering Souls. I think Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good equipment in this format. White Weenie was doing reasonably well. I see no reason why uh, Lingering Souls isn't going to rear its head in the top. So that's my pick. Um, I went
2: with, uh, you know, due to the presence of a lot of these combo decks and we have different. Uh, we have Jund, and we have. Uh, I'm not saying Jund is a combo deck. I'm saying we have decks playing a lot of uh, kind of control-ish or mid-range black uh, strategies. We have even black-white tokens. Um, so I went with Thoughtseize, trying to uh, trying to fight the the combos. Nice. Okay. Well, because you
0: guys left me so wide open in the instant category and I got my top two picks, I didn't even get down to my third pick, which was Thought Scout. So I'm going to go with Getaxian Probe in the sorcery category uh, actually, because yeah. that card is ridiculous and Storm's a thing. And, you know, Serum Visions and Sleight of Hand also exist. I could have picked Grape Shot, I guess, but I think Probe Probe's probably the, the one that's going to see the most play. Fair enough.
1: Uh, next category and our last, uh, card category is Planeswalker. And this one, we kind of all were sort of scratching our heads a little bit because you don't see a lot of Planeswalkers pop up right now just because the format's a little bit fast. Uh, and, and the Planeswalkers that we have right now don't really affect the board as much as, uh, you know, like being able to resolve Jason the Mind Sculptor, um, the my so my pick is Tezzeret the Seeker. I think that the card's very good. I think uh we'll hopefully see you know uh, some Tesserators or you know some artifact decks show up in the tournament. Um but uh yeah, uh, that's my pick.
2: Um I went with what is generally thought of as the second best planeswalker ever, uh Elspeth Knight Errant. Good pick. Seems seems good, seems safe. Definitely see some play.
0: Yeah, um, there's a couple options that you have, even though it's not very, you know, not a ton of people are playing Planeswalkers. There's still a couple options. Antonino DeRosa's deck had one Garrick Relentless in it when he won Turin. Um, That's not my pick. Jund is regularly playing Liliana.
1: Sure. Like, that's that's the thing
0: you want to cascade into. That's not also my pick. I'm going with Karn, this red-green Tron deck. I'm telling you, Karn Liberated. Yeah. So I'm 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 trying to find a deck that's gonna make me not want to play this red green tron deck. And uh also Charles Gindy moving to Roanoke last week didn't help
1: me not <laughs> want to play that deck. <laughs> that, that, that deck very, very consistently can carn on turn three. Like yeah. it's pretty it's pretty amazing because it runs Chromatic Star and Relic Progenitus and Expedition Map, and yep. it's just like there's no way to disrupt the land because there's no land destruction. People aren't. Ah, uh-huh. wait, room. hold on. I have a
0: sleeper pick for enchantment.
1: Ready for this? Spreading uh, it- seas. <laughs>
0: yeah. Spreading seas to beat Tron. There you go. So yeah, like- if you want to like the Merfolk deck in in modern, you got all the lords,
2: and you got spreading seas. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. Uh, just. Playing, playing like four spreading seas in a board in a Merfolk deck. Like, no, no, is, no, main deck. You want to play a main? I'm, I'm playing just thinking main deck. About it. The best decks in the format are playing Grove of the Burn
0: Willows and Tronlands Lands and Nyapod. I am,
2: uh... I'm okay with main deck spreading seas.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: that's, I think I can see the uh, the logic behind that
1: so the last one and and this one's a little different because we don't have a player roster in front of us this one is the player category and i'm gonna mix it up a little bit i'm not gonna choose a known pro i'm actually going to choose a local guy that i think has a really good handle on the format and he's uh he's been doing pretty well um and uh so i'm gonna go with dave nolan nice and uh, i just think he's uh He's a he's a really good local player, and I think he I think he's definitely going to day two, and I think he might have a chance of taking this thing down.
0: I'll talk a little bit about Dave. Null. well, first of all, pretty much every Grand Prix that's Legacy or I get you know Eternal format, it's Legacy. I'm going to lump Modern in, and also usually most of the standard ones, uh, at least one local player makes top eight. Um, and you know, people are always like, yeah, our local guy made top eight and we all knew how good he was, but no one else did, but you guys should know who Dave Nolan is. He's the one of three people to top, to have won States in two different States. Um, he <laughs> won Ohio States two years ago and won Massachusetts States a couple of years before that. Um, and so that's a little interesting tidbit for you, but yeah, I like that pick.
2: Um, like you said, Cranny, it's kind of hard to, uh to choose a player. I think also we don't know exactly who's going, but we can I guess just make some assumptions. So, I'm going to go with a guy I think has been uh has been showing up in top 8s recently, at least uh especially recently. Uh and especially just this past weekend. And I'm going to go with Caleb Durward.
1: Good mm. pick. Very good.
2: He seems that's... like he's uh he's on on a hot streak lately, so. Yeah, he's on a heater. That's for sure. Um
0: well, he wasn't until very recently, but this is... You know what? If you want a top eight this is Grand Prix, it's a good one to pick. So my pick is going to be someone who I think doesn't need it, but really wants it, like really wants as much as he can possibly get. And he's... And the reason why is because just in case he doesn't get in the Hall of Fame this year, he wants to add just another one thing to his top eight, to his resume, and that's Patrick Chapin. I like I think it. that modern is is so wide open right now there's like 15 decks that you can realistically play um and then you know there's probably like 10 other decks that people haven't even this is not a very explored format at all so i think that uh you know players like uh conley woods for example like brew this is a brewer's format but definitely patrick chapin's high on my list Um, and I think that, I think he has a good chance at at winning this tournament just because he's so creative and he's going to be playing something that no one knows how to play against. And, you know, that's that, and it's also, he's, he's a Grixis control kind of guy Mm. and there isn't really a true control deck in the format.
2: So if he can figure that out, I, I definitely see him making it. Yes, nice. I love that pick. I uh, at the same time, like I love that pick because I want to see Patrick do well, and I definitely want to see him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I think, uh, but but I think you actually kind of hit it with like, okay, this is a wide open format, and he loves control decks, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so, fair. Like, the format's so wide open. He figuring out a control deck is well. The impossible. thing is that a lot of these decks rely
0: on like one-toughness creatures, and he's the kind of guy that would play Knight of Souls Betrayal. Yeah. So, I think that that's, you know, it's not unreasonable for him to be playing a Grixis control deck that's got, like, Knight of Souls Betrayal and, you know, just, control like, w- spot removal and some pl- maybe some Planeswalkers, and, you know, because that, that takes down Delver of Secrets and Steplinks. It takes down Vizera here and whatever the hell else is in the Pod decks. It takes down, like, Spell stutter sprites out of the out of that deck. The only deck that it doesn't really do anything. I mean, it takes down all of affinity. The only thing it doesn't really do anything against is the storm deck. And if you put the rest of the cards that you need to to play against the the storm deck in your deck, you know, you just play like I don't know this arcane lab legal in this format or something ridiculous like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, plays, you, have, you have a rule of law.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, in, not in the Grixis control deck, but yeah. So he, you know, he's got he's got that kind of thing, and you know, he can play spreading seas too. I'm, talk, I'm telling you, spreading Seas is a card. Well, I want to say
1: I think Chapin maybe you know he he pioneered like the whole four or five color gift stack, running like you know all sorts of different builds, including Glittering Wish. Yeah. I would expect like right now, um, just to kind of like, so th- that wraps up like our 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 um, fantasy draft discussion. I, I the best decks in the format. There's like all th- the other like, cards are free deck. agents now, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, Sorry. free agents. <laughs> So, so here's here's what we have for for the format. We have red based aggro decks, so you know decks that have lots of burn, lots of guys like you know uh, um, uh, the the you know and Hellspark Elemental, those those kinds of decks. Then we have Storm, Twin, Delver, Tron, Pod. So those are like the big decks in the format that if you build a deck. You should be, you know, you, you should be ready to face them. I, I went through all the Magic Online daily results and, uh, and the GP and, and as, as much as I could. And those, if you look at a bell curve compared to something like Legacy or even Standard, it's just like overwhelmingly uh, pop, uh, populated by these decks. So um, that said, I think that this is a great time for somebody like Chapin to come in and say, okay, look, people are going to take... Storm, and Twin, and Pods of this deck. Like, what's what's the gap here? Well, if the gap is one toughness creatures, then it's I'm on the Night of Souls Betrayal plan. Or if if the gap is, well, nobody's nobody's prepared to, to play against Mana leak. well, I'm going to play eight or ten counterspells, and I'm going to play, you know, maybe something with Merfolk. Like, I think that that's, that's, like, Chapin's able to sort of create those those decks. And you're right, Grixis is a good shell for that. I think Gifts Control is a good shell for that. A, a Grove of the Broomwells. Um, you know, loses punishing fire, but that deck is still mostly intact with explosives and academy runes and those sorts of things. So um Just run It's the fear in modern? Yeah, sure, why not? I mean you're you're only down what, like pernicious deed and Loras stronghold, you still have uh, yeah, you still have
0: everything okay. else. You you still got your draw engine with that historical, you've got the gifts package instead of intuition. And yeah, I mean, you know, so it's it's a brewer's paradise out there for modern. This format's not been around very long. Well, and uh all you have to do is look at this foro deck from Hisu underscore JP, <laughs> who foroed with four ancient ziggurat dot aggro
2: deck thing. Yeah, it's it's like it's five color value creature. Yeah, <laughs> it's
0: twenty two lands. 38 creatures,
2: and <laughs> f-
0: 15 creatures in the sideboard. That's the deck you can 4 with, apparently.
1: Okay, so this guy's uh, presumably Japanese. His name is Hisui underscore JP, which uh, that, that, uh, I'm assuming is Japanese. But I That's want to talk about is. these creatures. He has Aether Adapt Birds, Bloodbraid, Coiling Oracle, Fauna Shaman, Kitchen Finks, or Mystic Snake, Phantasmal Image, Metamorph, Renegade Doppelganger, Restoration Angel, Shriekma Vengevine. So There's that I
0: mean, Renegade Doppelganger um, a tease you gave earlier. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, well I mean this is a Vengevine deck. I mean this is this is like the old uh get two guys, put my vengevines into play. Like you have you have renegade doppelgangers, you have phantasmal images, you have fauna shamans, coring corling oracles, like ways to just like continually gain card advantage. Um, if you're not playing against a combo deck, I don't know how you're going to lose with this deck. Like, I mean, even, even like getting Karn is just not going to do anything to you because you're, you're going to have too many permanents on the board. So this is a kind of interesting deck list. I I mean, I wouldn't say take this to the GP, but, uh, man, this is like probably the most, um, I will say, uh, creative use of Vengevine that we've seen in this format yet. Like I haven't seen a Vengevine list. We were kind of grinding one on uh, we, me and Sam did a live cast and we were building a silly dredge deck with Vengevine. It was awful, and I was just worried that he would never see play. But man, this is this is cool.
2: I, yeah, I love seeing uh, seeing Vengevine in decks. In fact, that's like when I play elves in Legacy, I have the Vengevine version because Vengevine is just one of my favorite green creatures ever. Probably one of my favorite creatures ever. I love I love the art on it. I love the entire card. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I think this deck. Is just really. It looks like really fun. Turn one, birds. Turn two, almost your entire deck is active. Like <laughs> it's it's nuts. You can play almost every creature in the deck just at that point. Even uh, even shriekma, if you're just going to evoke it. Um, evoke a Shriek shriekma. Yeah,
1: I'm surprised that he doesn't max out on Thalias, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, or really even rising, or even just get a few more. I mean, it, it, it is completely one sided. Right? Because you have no non-creature spells. Yep. Um, and then he has a couple cards in the sideboard that I'm actually I want to see more of, uh, which is meddling mage. Kataki is gonna be huge this weekend. If you have extra katakis and you're driving in from out of town, you should be able to get rid of them. because um, if you're playing white and you don't have access to this guy, you will lose a round of the tournament. Um he, Kataki is very important. Affinity is a real deck. Uh, Affinity is a very good deck. And you should be prepared to play against it. I actually should put that in, the, in that list that I just said. I think Affinity needs to be in there, too. Because I think Affinity consistently um, does well in the daily events. And, uh, I mean, in playtesting, it was smashing the hell. Um, I, we, we, did, we did some uh, playtesting of Storm and the White Weenie deck versus the Affinity deck. And the Affinity deck was just destroying them. Yeah, um, Affinity
0: is a lot like the Belcher of the format in that, like, everyone's like, oh, man, there's the Affinity guy. You know what I mean? You showed up at the tournament. You're the affinity guy. But then one affinity deck will top eight uh, a tournament every like three or four tournaments.
1: Yeah. So. Absolutely. So, uh, so GP Columbus is going to be an insane weekend. If you're in town, um, two of the three members of the In Contention will be there. Uh, that's me and Ruben. So, yes. Yeah. Be sure to uh, to come up and say hi. I'll hopefully have some wristbands. I'll give you a wristband and. uh I will be cubing and uh, I still haven't decided if I'm going to play in the main event just because I have some stuff going on on Sunday, but, um, I will for sure be there hanging out, playing some games, doing some side drafts, side events, what have you. So the, uh, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to maybe transition over to our next subject. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, cool. So, uh, San Diego comic-con convention happened this past weekend An insane weekend of, uh, like I said, all things pop culture and uh, and you know comics and games and it was just amazing. If you have a chance to go look at um, some of the coverage or, or Facebook from it, like like Weta, which is like the company that does all of the um, the special effects for the Lord of the Rings movies, they had a, a huge booth set up there that had the trolls from the Hobbit and um, and like all these props and it's just anybody who's everybody uh, who was at this they, thing.
0: They, they didn't feed the trolls, did they?
1: Uh, well no but i want to say my my favorite thing that i saw um i I gotta shout out somebody who's uh one of my favorite people um who listens to the show his name's inkwell looter and he's just an amazing artist and what he did on the weekend is he did custom goat tokens and uh so if you have a chance go to inkwelllooter.blogspot.com and check out some of the tokens that he made they're super funny um but anyway so Uh, Morrow Mauro headed up a panel along with some of the other developers and designers for Ravnica and uh, talked about some of the new things that were coming about in the new format. And the big news here is they've changed up the limited format pretty drastically for Ravnica. And so the first set is Ravnica, uh, Return of Ravnica. The second set is called Gatecrash. And the third set, Sinker, we don't know about. So what's going to happen is in the fall... The format is going to be RAV, RAV, RAV. So when you draft it, it's going to be that, and it's going to be the same sealed format. Uh, when you're at the pre release, they're going to give you a guild pact, but honestly, that's pre release. And I mean, it's very cool, but we'll talk about that more when it comes to it. Uh, but really, the, the neat distinction here is when the second set happens, which is Gate Crash, instead of going RAV, RAV, Gate Crash, or Gate Crash, RAV, RAV, whatever combination they've been doing, um, they are instead going to do triple Gate Crash. It's a large set. It is, it is uh, technically not a standalone, but uh, it will be drafted and uh, by itself, which is like unprecedented for a second set um, yep. that is affiliated with a block to, uh, to to do that and then to tie it all together. Then this, this is just like to me, this is the most exciting. The last format when Sinker comes out, the format will be Sinker, uh, first pack Sinker, followed by Gate Crash, followed by Return to Radenka, which is awesome. Which is like you be like, oh man, I remember these cards six months ago. <laughs> well, like think about like you know you have no context of what the format looks like, right? So you could mash together Return to Radnica and Gate Crash and try to theorize what the last pack is, but they could introduce some mechanic, some you know guild, some whatever that just totally changes the landscape of the draft based on what you pick in the first pack. And I mean that alone is like so exciting to me like that that makes me really excited about this the whole idea of this is really cool
2: yeah i'm I'm with you i think uh, I think this is a really interesting way to do it, like kind of you kind of mentioned mentioned it that uh you know return to Ravnica is a big set, but gate crash is also a big set that's the first time I think that the second set in a block has ever been the big set or I a, believe a so. big set. yeah well.
0: Yeah, um the only thing that's even close is Laurel and Morning Tide Shadowmore Eventide.
2: Right. Oh sure. But that was big small big small.
0: So, right. so it was like the third of four. It was still one of the middle sets, but yeah, that's yeah. not even close to what's happening here. So,
2: yeah, so it's uh pretty cool that they would, you know, kind of experiment with this too and I think uh so that's why it's it's big set big set and then small set. It's you know, it's just kind of a different thing and I think it's going to make things really interesting. Um I'm going to uh I, I really think that it's cool to be able to. Well, I guess what I what I want to say is when I'm drafting, I actually prefer triple of the same pack. Like I feel like I can grasp that kind of format just a little bit better because I it's a smaller number of cards that there could possibly be, and I feel like I, I really like that. So I'm I'm excited to actually go with you know, hey, here's a second set. It's almost like an an entirely new, uh, entirely new fall set. In the winter, you know, coming in sure. January or February. I think that's really cool. But uh. And I think that the way that they've split it up, by the way, pretty much
0: guarantees. Like, is, if you were only 99% before, this has got to be 100% now that the that the lands are coming back, that the shock yeah. lands are coming back. Because you're putting five <laughs> in each of the large sets. Like, that just it, makes perfect sense.
1: Oh, yeah. So so it's probably worth mentioning they're doing five guilds per set. And in the last yes. set, we'll have all ten. And it's actually kind of insane. Like, I was, I was looking at it trying to think, okay, well, how would you balance... The guilds between the sets, and I don't even think you could balance it better than they have. Yep, there's, uh, they balance yeah. correctly. so all, all of the each
0: color has two guilds in each set.
1: Yeah, it's it's very very cool. Um, that's gonna that's gonna be yeah. You're you're right, Riven. That there's almost no chance that we don't see five dual lands in each of those sets.
2: In addition, I forget who said
0: this on Twitter, but I think it's very smart, which is. They announced that you're going to get to use your pre-release card at the pre-release for Return to Ravnica. Yes, and you get to pick a guild. Um, I bet that uh, that this hunch is correct that the pre-release card is going to be the dual land. Is going to be the shock land. Oh,
1: interesting. Be,
0: yeah, because it won't ruin the deck because not everyone will have a mythic, you know, Golgari in their Golgari deck and a mythic Is it in their Is it deck. You know what I mean? They'll just wow. have. Wow. So you get to fix your mana.
1: So. And that 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 inserts like an unreal number of them into circulation, and yep. it gets people the pre release. That seems like a win 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 win. Yeah, yep. all over the place. I agree. So lands.
2: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of lands, <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, uh, yeah. They did. They also uh, they also kind of did a little bit more spoiling of from the vault realms, which we know is coming up pretty soon, and we got a, a handful of cards. And uh, a couple of them have new art, which is really sick looking. So just to the... run down the cards that they, they spoiled that will be in From the Vault Realms. Urborg, Tomb of Yogmoth, Murmuring Bosk. Both Grove... of which keep their same art. Yes, yeah, same, same art for both of those. Uh, Grove of the Burned Willows, new art. Which has new art, which is awesome looking. It is seriously,
1: yeah. I want to buy that art. It's, it's yep, so nice. awesome. Uh,
2: Forbidden Orchard, also new art. Uh-huh. Glacial Chasm, which uh, again, new art. This was the art that was in the From the Vault realms uh, announcing yeah. article. Yeah, I, I love it. this art. Mike Burek is uh, is the artist, and I'm real glad they didn't troll us and do like uh, Glacial Fortress for that one. That would yes. have been pretty <laughs> awful. <laughs> Although I would have played four of them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. It, the art is sick. Uh, and then Dryad Arbor, which again, new art yeah. and amazing art. This is the art that I like the best out of all of these. Uh, this is now the one this awesome one. Want- This is also the one that has the most controversy
0: because they also changed the text box. So what they did was they took away the text box. The old text box was like, dried arbor is green. Dried arbor is a, you know, taps like a forest basically, but is green. And the way they changed it was they took the uh, color identity symbol which they use on the back of uh, werewolf cards. Right? And they put that in the text box next to creature-dryad. dash dryad.
2: Oh, okay? wow, I totally didn't notice that. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, <you're laughs> I mean. it's, a, it's a little color identity dot. Yeah. Like, Eric
0: has one on the back that's like green slash black. Yeah, and, I know what you mean and, now. Yeah. So that's the color identity dot. And the text box now is just the forest symbol. So it's just a big tree in the middle of the dryad-darbor text box, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I'm not sure I like it. I think it's going to be a judging nightmare, <laughs> um, but I really like the art, and I think it's a clever idea.
1: I think the whole set is very elegant. Um, the, I mean, from the art that they decided to keep, the art they decided to to redo, the lands that they've decided to put in. I mean, we've only seen six of the cards, but I want I want this set. I mean, this set is just amazing. I think they've they've done a good job with all of them. I think, including legends. Um, yep. and these are these are compelling products that that people want to buy not because they want to grind them for money or because you know they 're going to stick them in, in their in their closet and then bring them out in ten years and sell them but because they're they're beautiful cards iconic cards that people just want to own and play with so these awesome awesome set all around now um, there 's no money card out yet really right her is Herb-work? like, like 20, 25 bucks oh okay uh, That's fine then so, so do you think there'll be another one or well, um, I think Glimmer Void might get printed, and that's like a $15 card. Um, you know, all of them are like 2 to $3, uh, so... Right, it, but it's not going to be like they're going to re- put a Caracas in this. No, nah, I, I don't expect to see Caracas. I think we will see maybe like a Mutavolt level card. I think Urborg's like kind of a big one. If we see one more on that level, like it will definitely have more collectability than Legends, which really only had a few, but... I think people are finding out now that like Progenitus and Kiki jiki and like those kinds of cards are pretty hard to come by and they're very popular too. So, um, I guess, I guess we'll see, you know, we only have six cards. I think that the fact that we have some very unique ones, like Grove the Burnwells with new artists, very awesome. Um, that's a $30 foil. Uh, the, um, the dried arbor is very unique. Um, n- nothing like that's ever been printed. I think I really want to own that. Yep. And, uh, and the, um, and the Glacial Fortress, which has no foil printing, so Glacial Chasm, Glacial Chasm. Thank you. So, um, yeah, very, very, very cool uh, um, box set. We're gonna link to uh, some of the artwork for that set, the Dry Arbor and the yep. Grove of the Burnt which are just. We'll
0: also we'll also link to Inqua Looter's page. Um, for sure. He, yeah. uh, just another quick thing. Uh, he's making us some tokens.
1: So, just thought you
0: guys
2: would like to know that. Just, just spoilers. Spoiler alert.
1: So just uh, a, a last subject here to to sort of wrap up on an announcements. Um, Wizards has announced the release of the MTGO uh, new client beta. And unlike other betas, this is actually it's actually more like, what do you call it? It's, like, it's a production. It's like an alpha or something. I don't even know what, what you would call it in software terms. But this thing is live. So uh, if you have some time. Get your MTGO client out um, or get your, get your computer out, download the new MTGO client, check out the new interface. It's super slick. It's, uh, it's got a lot of new features that uh, you definitely should get in there and check out if you're into MTGO um, or, or if you're thinking about getting into it. It's uh, it's gotten a nice facelift. It's very modern. And, um, and the thing that's really neat about this is Wizards is inviting people to test this out and to publicly say what they think about it on Twitter using the hashtag MTGO, so if you have feedback on it if you think something looks cool or if you find a bug or whatever make sure you give feedback to uh at magic and at uh, MTGO online and with the hashtag MTGO and tell them what you think but uh yeah. I wanted to talk very quickly about MTGO cube this past weekend we've seen some people stream on the new client and, and otherwise but uh you know we saw the new updates with Avison and um I think I would say, Ruben, you, you probably would agree with this because I think you've, you've grinded a little bit. That our suspicion of the updates being some good, some bad, was about right. Yeah, I mean, I'm,
0: I'm I, there's more bad than good in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'm I, very, I'm very uh,
0: bearish on the MTGO changes. I think that a lot of these changes are changes that you would make if you don't test them out. Like if you yeah. didn't actually think about it.
1: Yeah, I think there's some that I was surprised by. Like I actually was kind of I was actually kind of uh impressed with Headhunter. Um which I thought that, really? that guy, yeah, I Yeah, I well I All shouldn't right. say impressed. I should say I was not disappointed. Not underwhelmed. Head. Yeah. Um same Quite with a line to draw Lone Revenant, I was not disappointed. Look,
0: let me list you let me list you some cards and you tell me which group of cards you like better. Avacyn, Lone Revenant, Tandem Lookout, Gloom Surgeon, Demonic Rising, Spinning Darkness, Wrench Mind, Vexing Devil, Tybalt, Rite of Ruin, and Overrun. That's group one. Group two is Iona, Courthousar, Thieving Magpie, Lujun Scholar General, Carnophage, <laughs> Vampire Lacerator, Soren Markov, Sign and Blood, Stromkirk Noble, Life from the Loam, and Volrath Stronghold. Which okay, group of fine. those
1: cards do you think is better? Fine. I concede that it was a, it was in general, a downgrade. However, right of ruin. Are you kidding me? Right of ruin is is not very good, but I will say gloom surgeon. It did not diminish the cube experience. Like the only thing that diminished the cube experience was the fact that I won most of the drafts that I played in this weekend. I I think I only played like a half dozen or so. And, uh, and I, I, I did not break even. Like, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I was that's playing eight fours, point. and I did not break even.
0: Yep, that's the main problem. And the thing, other thing is that those those packs are being sold for like, what what is it? You're you're losing like, you only get like point nine six of your value out of if, if an if eight you,
1: four. If you win an eight four, you barely make a tick. That's so bad. So, gotta, so yeah, that's a that's a big problem. They I here's what I think is going to happen. I think in the fall. As we ramp up to Ravnica, they're going to run Ravnica drafts. Those packs will come in. Those will be worth money because that the people love drafting that set. And it's a very good ramp up to the new set. Yeah, yeah. Um, Onslaught has no rares in it, and that's honestly all it is. Like, I think if they did Tempest drafts, like Tempest, Exodus, Stronghold, the packs would be worth Infinite. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if they did Saga, the packs would be worth Infinite. Um, but in this case, there's just nothing to open the formats, like not good without damage on the stack. It's like not, it, you know, it's, this format is more of creatures. Like yeah. you take damage of the stack away. The format's like not even the same. Yeah. I, I, so anyway. no one plays anything until
0: turn three. If you miss your third land drop, you lose.
1: Yeah. 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 That's the format. So I, uh, I think I'd like to, to wrap up this week. Um, I want to just give a, a brief shout out um, to uh, Joey. I think these are buddies of yours, the Brewport Avenue guys. Oh, yeah. um, I listened uh, to some discussion. They had on modern. They had some good thoughts about the format and trying to grow it. So uh, that sparked a few ideas for me to on, on this cast. So um, And then pretty much I'll we'll have a, probably infinite shout outs for next week as people come in for the weekend. So I'm saving uh... Yeah, if you guys uh, want to check out the Brewport
2: Avenue podcast, uh, I believe it is on MTG Cast. Um, it just shows up in my iTunes, so I think it's on MTG Cast. But uh, that's where all the podcasts are, anyway. Uh, you should check that out. Those are some some local guys that have uh, got together and um, incorporated. I, th- I think they've changed over the course of their first few episodes as far as like the roster and everything but uh but check it out it's a cool cool podcast if you if you like podcasts uh and you like similar similar kind of topics as we talk about like tournaments and uh different constructed formats and things so uh do you you want to do yours joey no that's good that's good shout out to those guys i'll shout do a double shout out there yeah jason jason's cool dude oh yeah um, I have a couple shout
0: outs. Uh, the first shout out I'm going to do is, uh, to Glenn Jones, uh, at secluded Glen. He sits next to me at work and he is like teaching me my job basically. And he's very helpful. Um, and he's a, he's a cool guy to hang out with and, uh, you know, it'd be a lot more difficult if I didn't have somebody showing me the ropes. He helped me a lot in St. Louis this weekend. This trip for me was a lot about learning how to do a lot of these things on my own. Um, and he was very helpful with all of that stuff, even though a lot of things didn't go correctly. Uh, a lot of things went much smoother than expected with Glenn there. I mean, that's going to happen at every event. Things are going to go a little bit awry. Another thing I want to give a shout-out to is another one of my coworkers, Liz Nugent, who designed the new um, uh, overlay on the on the uh, SCG Live. Looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, it looks gorgeous. I agree. Kudos to That's huge.
0: Um, and, yeah, so... We're going to be using that obviously, and and uh, we we had a lot of new premiere things at St. Louis. That's why things didn't go right because you know first time you do something, it's not going to be perfect. But we have the new the new uh, overlay. We have the new two camera system. How did you guys like that? Did you guys uh, it was, that
1: at all? It was pretty good. It was kind of confusing sometimes. I didn't want to see the one player, but I really liked like when it when it did matter. It was like oh my gosh, how did I right? How did I get by without it? So I, I think it's a it, a very good upgrade.
0: So, like, basically, for those of you at home who don't know, we now have two on-camera feature matches, Um, and one of them is on camera uh, that you're seeing at home, and when that match ends, then you can immediately go to the other match um, instead of having to reorganize people uh, from feature matches that aren't on camera, so... It was a lot smoother. We got to see game threes that we normally wouldn't have gotten to see. Uh, there was one instance where a game ended, and then we find we got to go over and watch um, Aluren on camera, which was very fun. And that guy's Aluren deck was awesome. He did not run Imperial
2: Recruiters.
1: Ooh. Wow. Yeah. I don't just, even know how you do that.
2: Four of Parasitic Strix, four of Cavern Harpy. So he just hoped to draw into what he did. Well, and
0: he also idea. ran Baleful Strixes and just, like, Coiling Oracles and just other ridiculous. Like, stuff style. That guy's wow. deck awesome. So, shot uh so that was uh that's that's very exciting. That's that's a change we made this weekend. We did a lot more video stuff at the sideboard and we also premiered SCG Classics, which is actually going to get rebranded uh to be um uh, I forget what the, the new name is, but we're rebranding it because um, we're using SCG Classics for something else. But uh, basically you get to see favorites from Star City Games Live past. Um, nice. We showed the, the finals from the latest Invitational. We showed the famous uh, Jerry versus Caitlyn match. Um, and so instead of having to just watch replays of matches that happened a couple hours earlier, sometimes you get to see really exciting matches from, you know, a couple of months ago or a couple years ago or something like that. So really uh, good idea for that. Shout out to all the people that made that happen at work. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got.
2: Nice. Yeah. That was awesome. I loved, I kept watching all weekend just to, to see all these cool innovations and also people playing magic. Right. But it, it was awesome. Yep. Uh, I'm very, very cool. happy with the changes.
1: So Right on. Well uh I don't have anything else to add to this week. Like I said, if you're in town this weekend, come come find us. Yep. We'll play some play some magic. Be sure to uh
2: check out
0: the newsing this week.
2: Oh yeah. Oh this past episode was awesome.
1: Yeah, thank,
0: thank you. you. I appreciate that. I, I, kinda, <laughs> I kinda I kinda went pretty ridiculous this week but um i'm happy with it
1: it was good
0: it was it was probably the best one i mean they're all really good though as soon as i got home from work i shaved the mustache off (laughs) i'll probably just grow it back every week i think i might do that but it was just too much i just couldn't even handle it that's awesome the club couldn't even handle me right now so (laughs) well that's all i got
2: yeah it's everything i think
1: All right.
0: Well, until next week, we are in contention. I
2: know.
1: We gotta get that.